Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're going to be finishing chapter 1 today, the book of Galatians. Paul called by God. Verse 11 to the end of chapter 1. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him amongst the Gentiles. I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter, stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. And what am I am writing to you is no lie. Later I went to Syria, Cilicia, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Amen. May God give us understanding. Let us be tuned in, turned on this morning to the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, again, we are so thankful to be here. Help us to concentrate, put anything that might be distracting us out of our minds and use this message and may it not return void. In Jesus' name, amen. I've entitled this message, Taught by Divine Revelation taught by divine revelation. Saint Paul and all those that are believers in Christ are saints. We're no longer classified as sinners. Before we became a believer in Jesus, we were sinners. Doesn't say that we don't sin. Of course we do while we're in this mortal body. But God looks upon us. He sees Christ in us just as if we had never sinned. We are saints, 
Saint Paul, the apostle, established many churches, some in central Turkey, Galatia, and then having left Galatia while he was in the city of Corinth in Greece, he learned that some people, actually these were Jews that had believed in Jesus Christ, but they were trying to persuade the Gentile Christians, Galatian Christians, to adopt the Jews' religion, like circumcision, for example. I guess they thought they were a cut above the rest. I couldn't resist that one. Anyone knows about it? If you don't, I'll explain it to you later. So Paul had to write the letter of rebuke to the Galatian church for having turned away from the true gospel. And he pronounced, if you read it in first chapter 6 through 8, he, he actually pronounced a curse on those who taught another gospel. There's only one gospel, amen? That Jesus born, that he died, that he was buried, and that he rose again from the dead. That is the pure gospel. Nothing more, nothing less. No more, no need to add anything to that fact. But these Judaizers that came in were adding more and more onto it. Well, you not only need to believe in Jesus, you need to follow the Old Testament laws, all of them. Paul was criticized by these false teachers so he had to defend his calling from God as a true apostle of the true gospel message that he preached. He had to defend himself. This is one of the reasons why he had to write this letter. He was being criticized and they, they said, well, he's not really a man sent from God. He's, you know, that's just his opinions. So he hoped to persuade the Galatians to get back on the right track and follow Jesus plus nothing. Follow Jesus plus nothing. That's all we're expected to do. Amen? So, you know, nobody can earn their place in heaven by doing anything apart from receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And I hope it's not too late for you to find that out because as it is appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. But for those that are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So obviously, if you're outside of Christ, you're condemned. You're in that condition. Now, Paul wants to make it clear that the gospel he preached was not according to man, nor was it taught by man, but his preaching came through divine revelation from Jesus Christ himself. Paul was a prophet. Paul was a prophet. This Bible is 
God breathed. It's inspired by God, every word of it, although there's different personalities that God used to write down his thoughts. His name used to be Saul, Paul's pre-Christian name. And before he became a Christian, he was a hater of the Christian faith, of believers in Christ, and hater of Jesus, like so many people are today. He consented to the death of the first Christian martyr, Stephen, godly Stephen, the first deacon in the early church, who was stoned to death. He was totally innocent. He was an active persecutor, Saul, against believers, forcing his way into homes, dragging out men, women, and children, carting them off to prison. He spewed out threats and slaughter against any follower of the Lord before he himself became a Christian. The persecutor became the preacher. So it was understandable because of his reputation and what he did before he became a believer that the early church Christians were in fear of Saul because of his wicked reputation and his impeccable credentials as the poster boy for the Jewish religion. He was more zealous than all of them. Taught under the great teacher, Gamaliel. Paul, Saul, was a genius and he persecuted the church before he became saved. But now having been saved, he was a changed man. He'd been called by God to preach the gospel of Christ to the people he formerly despised. Paul was a Jew. Who did he despise? Not just the Christians, but Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, then you're a Gentile. He despised the Gentile, but God changed him. And he called him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And St. Peter was called to preach the gospel to the Jews. Now having been saved, he was a changed man. And he says in verse 15, but when God, see, God did it. When God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. That was the purpose. God saved him. He was God called. God called him to preach. Nobody else. It wasn't his idea or anybody else's. It was by God's grace that revealed Jesus Christ to him, just like us. He called us to faith in Christ. God revealed Jesus to us by his grace. And we before 
rejected him. No one who knew Saul's history, which they did, they were in fear of him, and his reputation, they could ever believe that his conversion to Jesus Christ could be true, that God could possibly save a person like him. But incredibly, it did happen, and he was a changed man. His salvation was all of God. That had nothing to do with man. It was through divine revelation. My immediate response was not to consult with any human being. He never heard the gospel from any preacher. New Testament wasn't written. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. The city of Jerusalem was the headquarters of the early church, established on the day of Pentecost. Paul didn't seek guidance and counsel from many of the apostles because he was led and learned through the divine revelation from God himself. You, you can't find God through any other way, through philosophy or any other book or any other opinion or through Buddha or through Mohammed or through any guru. You're only gonna find God through Jesus Christ who is God. I and my father are one. Now you're either going to believe this now or you'll know for sure when you die that what I am preaching is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. You want to go to heaven, you've got to go through Jesus. He is the door. It's always wise to ask God before making any decisions. Often we go off uh, on a tangent, start doing our own thing without even consulting God first. That's what gets us into trouble so many times. Paul, Saul as he was then, when he became Paul, which means small, by the way, means small. We assume he wasn't a giant. He was a spiritual giant though. He went to the city of Damascus and he stayed there for three years before traveling to Jerusalem to visit the apostle Peter for a couple of weeks. Even Paul needed a vacation. Peter was not only Jesus' first disciple, one of, first, one of Jesus' first disciple, but the main Apostle, after Jesus' resurrection. It was through his preaching at Pentecost that 3,000 people came to know Christ as their savior, all of them Jews. God bless them. I'm sure Peter, see, God changed the fisherman to the preacher. Peter was a fisherman. Paul was a persecutor. He became a preacher too. So these two met, these pillars of the church, the early church, Paul spent 15 days with him in Jerusalem. And um, none of the others, none of the others. 
He says, but of all the apostles I saw, no one except one. This is James. James, the Lord's brother. Hang on. You mean Jesus had some brothers? Yeah, he not only had brothers, he had sisters as well. But he was the first. Remember, it was a virgin birth. And the ones that came after Jesus, the offspring of the carpenter Joseph and his wife Mary, they was, they was Jesus' half-brother and half-sisters. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me, regardless of what some people purport, that uh, Mary was a perpetual virgin. No. No. Let's believe what the word of God says, shall we? Matthew chapter 13, verses 53. Now when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there, coming to his homeland, hometown. Where was that? Let's say Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem, but he was raised in Nazareth, wasn't he? He began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Who wouldn't be? Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James? Joseph, Simon, and Jude, aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all of these things? And they took offense at him. That's what the gospel does, see? People get offended. That's all right. They'll get over it. And Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, and his own house is a prophet without honor. So Jesus had many brothers, half-brothers. Jesus had many sisters. Doesn't tell us how many sisters they were. And he only met up with one of his half-brothers, James, who also became the pillar of the church. He became the bishop of the church in Jerusalem after Peter moved on. He became a follower of Jesus, but not initially, but later he became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Now surely Paul must have learned so much about Jesus from James, his half-brother, especially when he was growing up, when Jesus was growing up, all the stories he told about him. Just imagine growing up with a brother or a sister that never sinned. But he didn't, but everybody else did because he was without sin. And Paul has to emphasize that he's telling the truth. He said, I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. He's given his personal testimony about what he did after he became a Christian and where he went. Paul knew his critics were challenging his credentials as an apostle. And he emphasized to his readers in Turkey that he's telling the truth. Now, you either, you either believe what the word of God says or you don't. That's your choice. You're not a robot. 
but the wise thing to do is believe what it says. And he said, you know, if it were told a lie, that would be a sin. And anyone that knew Paul wasn't that type of a person to tell lies. What he said was absolutely true, and you need to re-emphasize that. I'm telling you, I'm not lying to you. You that are listening to this message, wherever you may be, I am not lying to you. I am telling you the truth. It's not my opinions. It's the word of God. What did he do then? In verse 21, he said, Then I came to the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Damascus was the most prominent city in what is now the country of Syria. And Cilicia is in modern-day Turkey, that region. Its capital, interestingly enough, was Tarsus. You could take the exam later. Tarsus. That's where Saul was born. That was his hometown. That's where he was raised. And no doubt, when he went there, he would have preached the gospel like he always did in every town. And he preached the gospel in his hometown, possibly amongst the people that he knew and grew up with. Man, this ain't the guy we used to know. Old Saul, what's happened to him? He's lost his marbles. Now he's preaching Jesus. And he wasn't afraid to do it. He's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It changed his life. He was saved. What about us? What about the people that we grew up with? that are still living. Many of them have already gone. Do we share our faith with them? Do we share our faith with our relatives that are unsaved? Oh, we better not do that. They may think we're kind of weird. They think we're kind of crazy. You know, Jim, he's, you know, he'll get over it. It's not the same old Jim. He'll get over it. It's just a phase he's going through. I've been having this phase since 1982. And I'll never get over it. Never get over it. You never will. You're a changed person. Paul was changed. He said, I was personally unknown to the churches. When he talks about churches, he's referring to believers in Christ, obviously of Judea that are in Christ. Like I said, we know from the word of God, he met with Peter and James, but all the other disciples in Judea, they they didn't meet him. And when his name came up, that old name Saul, he was the last person they'd want to meet. He was like a, a wicked Himmler. He was like a a wicked Nazi. But he was a changed man. All because of the love of Jesus that came into his heart. He said himself, this is his testimony. They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. The disciples never met 
Paul. They hadn't met him yet, but they knew of his reputation. They wanted to avoid him like the plague. How he resent, resentlessly, relentlessly, I'll get the word out in a minute. I'll keep you awake. Pursued the church of the living God. And he made havoc of it. He made havoc of it. But he did it in ignorance. He did it in ignorance. Thinking that he was doing God a favor. He was blinded. By the God of this world. And all of us. Before we became a believer in Christ. We were blinded by the God of this world. To believe lies. That's why the majority of people in the world are not saved. This is why the majority of people in the world are still lost. Because they believe lies that Satan puts into their minds. So they need divine revelation from God through the preaching of the word of God so that they can know the truth about who Jesus is and what he has done. Because he loves us so much that he died for us he shed his blood for us so that we could have a home in heaven, a mansion, no less. One of the versions of, one version of the Bible, I won't mention it. Some people may be reading it. I've read most of them. It's okay. In my father's house are many rooms. I just I don't want a room. I want a mansion, don't you? Would you prefer a bed sitter or a mansion? It's a rhetorical question. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. So, you know, this is good news. Oh, oh poor old me. The weather's too hot. It's going to be humid today. Hello? Come on. We were all blinded by the devil. But when word got out that old wicked Saul had truly been saved, he'd become a Christian. Oh my goodness. That means little Christs. You're a little Christ. Did you know that? You're a little Christ. You look in the mirror in the morning, God forbid. You say, you know what? You're a little Christ. Let's act like it, shall we? When wicked Saul became a Christian, of course, those believers at first were skeptical. But later, they were astonished that God could save somebody like him. What does this prove? That no one is beyond salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. No one is beyond redemption. No one is beyond salvation. 
God loves everybody, but not everybody is a child of God. So let me close. What was the outcome of all this? He said they gave glory to God. They gave glory to God. When they found out that the persecutor had become a preacher, they gave glory to God. They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Final verse, and they praise God because of me. Because of me. And when you share your faith and somebody comes to know Jesus as their personal savior because of your testimony, because of your life, they praise God because of you. And we'll find out when we get to heaven those people that we've shared the gospel with, if they're going to be there or not. And many, we'll, we'll just wait and, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. You just never know. You just sow the seeds and then let God do the planting. But don't keep the seeds in your pocket. Sow those seeds. And hopefully, by God's grace, those seeds will fall in good ground and germinate. They gave glory to God for his benevolent mercy, transforming the former persecutor to a preacher. So we have in these few verses part of Paul's conversion experience. What about us? What about you? If someone was to ask you to get up and ask the question, what difference has Jesus Christ made in your life? We've heard of Paul, Saul, what difference Christ has made in his life. If someone was to ask you, you were to get up, if I invited you up here, And I was to ask you, what difference, Joe Bloggs, Mary, whatever, what difference has Jesus made in your life? Can you tell us? Would you be able to give your testimony? Would you? Would you be able to tell the rest of us what difference that Jesus has made in your life? Only you can answer that question. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, we are so thankful to be here. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So many other places to be, but this was the best place to be this morning. I pray that the words that we've heard this morning will not return void. There's many people that will and are listening to this message, wherever you may be, through Facebook, podcast, internet, wherever the case, you're probably some of you listening to this in your car. And you're not saved. You don't have a testimony. 
Jesus made no difference in your life whatsoever. You're still the same as you've ever been. Lost, floundering, taking one day at a time, waiting for the final curtain, not knowing if there's a heaven, not knowing if there's a hell. But let me assure you, by the authority in the word of God, there are such places and only those that are in Christ will go to heaven and those outside of Christ will go to a lost eternity. And you don't want to go there. And Jesus doesn't want you to go there. He loves you. God loves you. And he sent his son to save you. Are you willing to believe that? And receive him? Call upon his name? Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I know I am. And I believe that my sin put you on that cross. You died for me, and you bled. You shed your sinless, precious blood, and you were buried. But then you rose again from the dead, and I ask you to come into my life to save me, save my soul, so I can have a home in heaven when I die. As for the rest of us, We need not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, dear God, by your grace to share our faith. And hopefully those seeds that we sow will land in good ground. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.